Let me say this as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, one of our wonderful listeners said that our opener sounds like the Teletubbies. And they say, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> that is just a signal that we are going into the thick of it and it could be, you know. Yeah, that mean get ready. I mean, you know. It could be hazardous. I mean, we're like coming. We, we're, you know, and, and <laughs> the news is coming. You too. know, we are not. We, <laughs> we try not to be uh, victims of this culture mm-hmm. and uh, not try, <laughs> try not to allow ourselves to fall into the current climate of the day. So that means um, usually that's going to mean using terminology that today is triggering. But years ago was just, I mean, speech. <laughs> right. It was it was just communication. Yeah. This was just what you said. So, for example, to say that men are men and women are women today, that is triggering and insensitive. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, yesterday, so to speak, uh, that was just fact. Right. So it reminds <laughs> me of the uh, CC one and yeah. the wine and the days of yay nay. CC, I remember <laughs> when. It's not Anyways, like that anymore. No, it's not. But it's not like that anymore. All right. Coming up today on the program, we will talk with Elizabeth Parker, who is the daughter of Pastor Joseph Parker uh, here at the American Family Association. Uh, you hear him on radio with um, the hour of intercession. I was about yes. to say exploring the word, but the hour of intercession. Yes. And uh, and we are very excited to catch up with Elizabeth and find out what is happening with Students for Life she is the minorities outreach coordinator. They had a really great year last year for minority outreach, mm. actually. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that and talk about where Students for Life is headed. Mm-hmm. But then also we've got some content that we want to kind of go back to. Um, as we mentioned from time to time, you know, we get a call or we get a letter uh, from one of our listeners. And it's something that we're just stewing over. Like we can't yeah. move away from it. We just we're talking about it. It's the you know, it's the thing that kind of grips our mind. And yesterday, the call from our brother, Ken. Yes. In Oklahoma. Yes. Brother. Yes. It was, that we was. couldn't stop talking about you yesterday and uh, couldn't stop talking about uh, how accurate your observation was about yeah. where we are in this country. Mm-hmm. And I say this lovingly. Right. Um, and and I, I say this lovingly and humbly. And frankly, we couldn't understand why we didn't see that before you called. And uh, yes. And I have to say, <laughs> you know, that, that the brother that we um, shared Facebook post He's been saying that type of stuff too, yes. but it just never like hit me. Right. Because I never, let me tell you, so, <laughs> like so that, to your you point, know? you're right. So we talked about um, our brother, Les Riley and, the, uh-huh. and the, the post that we shared. Yes. We would talk about abolishing abortion, but I got to tell you, I have not thought of regulating abortion mm-hmm. as a substitute for abolishing it. Mm-hmm. Not until we talked to Ken yesterday yeah. and then so much of it made sense because see, I think it's sometimes- Pro-life activists, Mm -hmm. you know, those of us who stand on the side of truth and we agree with what the Lord says about life and the dignity of human life. Right. So often we are having conversations among ourselves 
where we think we're all saying the same thing. Now, I got to tell you, so let me say this just in, to be completely transparent here. I have had some conversations with people who have said, why are you guys celebrating the pain capable bills? Right. Why are you guys celebrating heartbeat <laughs> yeah. bills? Yeah. And they're saying babies are still murdered. Babies yeah. are still being murdered. Yeah. And look, and I and my my position has been, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. If there was a burning building, mm -hmm. right, then we're not going to just drop our hands and say, you know what? We're probably not going to be able to save all of them. So mm -hmm. just let them all burn inside. Mm -hmm. We're going to do what we can to go in and, and, and remove as many people as we can. Mm hmm. However, after talking to our brother Ken and, and you and I continuing to unpack this and explore what we have kind of, um, I don't know, I guess just resolved to in this country, the conversation that we maybe miss mm -hmm. is that there are some people who say, no, just take one or two out, but let the, the building keep burning. Mm. So what our brother Ken, I think, is suggesting, at least our takeaway, let me just mm -hmm. say it that way, and the thing that was very provocative to us mm -hmm is that when we say we've got pain-capable bills, mm -hmm. we've got heartbeat bills, mm -hmm. those things are those first responders running into the burning building to get out who they can. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about abolishing slavery, those are those who show up and put the fire out. And, that, and I think that's the problem, that those bills have become in the minds of you know a lot of people, the people like pacifiers. Yes. You yes, know, that's right. That's right. And to where it's like, okay, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where where that should be a constant pressing load. That's no, right. that's not it. We that's need right. to continue continue until it's gone. So, you know. So, so I I got it. So so as we talked about this, mm -hmm. um, I was embarrassed of my own self, and mm -hmm. that I haven't given that the kind of thought. Like, because when we yeah. talk about uh, William Wilberforce, which I started reading. I know. I saw. I noticed this morning that my book was. I'm gone. gonna read it to you, though. That's okay, <laughs> y'all. So I don't hold this against you because I've done similar things to you. Will and I will agree <laughs> that hey, we're gonna do this together. This will be fun to do together. And then I think both of us kind of feel like at different times. And when are we gonna get this time to do this <laughs> together? Just Better take ahead. it while we can. Uh -huh. And so I I woke up this morning. <laughs> you left early, really early, and I woke up this morning and it was on my bedside table. This book about William Wilberforce, yes. and you had stolen it. I didn't steal That's it. That's what I'm calling it. It's not stealing. No. <laughs> it's not stealing. Who, who's it's ours. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Can't steal with anyways, ours. No, anyways, but we had this conversation about William Wilberforce yeah. and, and the abolitionists, not only in Britain, but the abolitionists in America. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, if we can, we have to be able to be honest. And, you know, I say that as a broadcaster, I think that when I look at the abolitionists, and I hadn't seen this before. I read a book, um, oh my goodness, I guess about a year ago. It mm -hmm. was a, a book about uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe, yeah. A Spiritual Life, you mm -hmm. know. And so, you know, anyway, it was a, a biography about her. And I was just fascinated by the Beecher family. I was fascinated yeah. about Lyman Beecher's conversion yeah. at the yeah. collegiate level and being a part of the first great awakening and, mm -hmm. and just what happened. I was just, I was fascinated by that and seeing how, for generations, you can set your kids up. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like what you do matters. And even in all of that, reading about Uncle Tom's Cabin and reading about how, you know, the legend of Harriet Beecher Stowe meeting um, Abraham Lincoln and him saying to her, so you're the little woman that started this big war, you know, and mm -hmm. all of these mm -hmm. things. But I have to tell you that I had not thought of myself as some of the characters that Harriet Beecher Stowe talked about. Mm -hmm. She's quoted in, you know, having 
had opinions about the people who were like, well, you know, in time, slavery mm. will be abolished. Yeah. Look, what we look, we don't own any slaves. Mm. Yeah. I never, yeah. I never, I never read myself into those into people's those place. You yeah. understand? Right. But I think when we are wow. saying it's enough that babies who we say in some states can feel pain, mm -hmm. as far as we know, mm -hmm. okay, or we say once the baby has a heartbeat that is detected, then, you know, we can justify that. Yeah. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? It's very similar to those who were against slavery, but were also indifferent. Mm. You understand? Mm -hmm. There is not the tyranny of the urgent. The urgent, yeah. No. And and it, it helps me to even look at some of the people that, because I, I believe some of it is political, that you need that side of it as well. But the people that you know run on this type of stuff yeah. and say, I'm going to be this and I'm going that when when it's time to come back home and they tell you, oh, we couldn't do it because mm -hmm. because it, it makes me feel like, man, we need to have a stricter, you know, uh, rule for who we send up there. That's right. They, they should be about abolishing. They should be abolitionists. Slavery. They um, slavery. Uh, abortion. Yeah, come on. 21st century. <laughs> well, we're talking about Harry just stole and, you know, kind of make that connection. Late 19th century called back <laughs> or called. They wanted anyway. They wanted their issue. They wanted their social they wanted issue, their issue back. back. Man, I tell you, I I I stink at announcements and I stink at clapbacks. No, you're very good at clapbacks. I don't know. I don't know because I feel like I fumble them a lot. You know what That's I mean? That's only when, lately. When you, I know. I don't know. I don't know. The, you, the you're kind of losing your edge. I'm, I'm losing my edge. What's going my, on here? my older years, I'm mellowing out. <laughs> I used to be the queen of clapbacks. Yeah, you know, and, well, you and, still are. Well, I don't know. Anyways, you passed it on to the kids. I tell them use their power for good. Man. If they can clap if, back. If you're real quick. <laughs> I'm like, man, I hear them talking to each other. To I'm each like, other. Ooh, but now like, I tell wait. them, I tell them, use your power for good, right? Because right. the ability to yes. state your position right. and to be able to stand your ground, yeah. to be gifted that's, that's in, good. in rhetoric, that God can use that. God can use that. But you want it to be used for the glory not, of God yeah, and not to bring and shame to his name. Right, exactly. Exactly. No, yeah, we don't want that. And we really do have to tell, you know, teach them that and tell them that because yeah. they are very handy with the words oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> they're very skilled with you know little dukes and little, Dutch, <laughs> little duchesses of clapback anyway moving moving back to the topic at hand yes. here uh we are really at a critical moment and you know we need to be having these kinds of conversations ongoingly it's not just um like the conversation that we have with our brother ken but it's also bringing in this whole michelle williams and and this is ongoing you've got hollywood constantly using its influence though the influence may be decreasing a little bit mm -hmm. but using its influence to control the conversation and because we quote unquote love these people so much you yeah. know we don't know how to show them that their opinions don't matter and i wonder on the average i i, I just was thinking about this when you said that you know if you took a survey how many people uh are have a disdain for hollywood now you know, I, I guess there would be a lot of people. You think who, it would be big? I don't know. That I would need a survey. I'm yeah, not sure. We need to we need to do a survey. <laughs> I wonder if they feel like out. I feel. I don't know. I, I think <laughs> I think more people feel like you feel. Yeah. I I certainly do feel like you feel. I want to bring this story in and okay. then see if we can squeeze in a clip before we go to the break. Uh found this story on the I think it's the Daily Signal. Daily Signal uh website. You don't need to worry about that because if you get the podcast when you go to AFR.net all the links to the stories we cover will be in there. So anyway, here's the story. Planned Parenthood, and you're familiar with this, Planned Parenthood broke a record for abortions in a single year, even as its other medical services declined. 
we're going to have to unpack that. I know now we're not going to have time to unpack that, but mm -hmm. I want to make sure that we do it at, on the other side of our conversation with Elizabeth Parker. Planned Parenthood affiliates performed 345,672 abortions from October 1, 2017 to September 30th, 2018. It was the highest number of abortions ever reported in mm. a single year. Mm. The highest number wow. of abortions ever reported in a single year. Now, I have a theory about this, and I, and I, I you know, I want to have a little bit of a conversation around. I also want to play a clip for you because there are things that I think we talk about that we mention that a lot of people are like, "I need to hear that." Mm. I'm, I wonder what that sounds like, right? So, from October 1, 2017 to September 30th, 2018, Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood had the highest number of abortions ever reported in a single year. Wow. I think. That surrounded the hysteria of President Trump's election. Mm. You remember all of Hollywood, all of the rabid liberal women were out there saying, you guys need to get abortions because President Trump is going to um, have over or overturn Roe v. Wade or see to it mm -hmm, that Roe mm -hmm, v. Wade is overturned. Mm -hmm. So you need to run out. You need to get your abortions that's and things crazy. like that. And, and which, in fact, if you think that that's a hyperbolic statement that I'm making, you actually had the comedian Michelle Wolf mm. encouraging women to go out and get an abortion. I want you to listen. This is a clip from her now canceled Netflix special, as it was, where it was like a Fourth of July mm -hmm. special where she saluted uh, abortion. Listen. Women, if you need an abortion, get one! <laughs> It's about $300. That's like six movie tickets. Movie tickets, a bad deal. <laughs> and women, don't forget, you have the power to give life, and men will try to control that. Don't let them. <laughs> God bless abortions, and God bless America. That's where we live, guys. Man. That's where we How live. That's disgusting. That's the Michelle Wolf that I told you who said <sighs> she felt like God when she got an abortion. Yeah. <sighs> guys, understanding where we live will determine how we live yeah that's the michelle wolf from the correspondence dinner that's mm -hmm. that that woman is she's in a an embarrassment to femaleness do you understand <laughs> mm -hmm. and yeah, i'm not trying disgusting. to be ugly here but there is something incredibly wicked about michelle wolf yeah all right, we got to leave it there for now, but we'll go back to it at the end of this uh, this hour. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. A moment of truth with Gary Bryden, Executive Director of the Association of Independent Methodists. For the past fifty years, the median age of Western industrialized nations has risen resulting in fewer people coming behind this generation to carry its load. Why? Is it because we have made slowing population growth our top priority? Is it because we aborted the children who would be the workers, doctors, teachers, engineers, builders, and farmers that the Western world needs? Is it because we aborted the children we did not want because they did not fit into our careers or they would expose our immorality? It seems that the best investment for our world is to follow God's directive and invest in and increase the number of those who call us mom and dad. 
the Association of Independent Methodists, like-minded congregations doing together what can't be done separately. Visit aim2020.com. Life is filled with surprises. And when a young woman in crisis finds out she's pregnant, oftentimes that surprise ends in abortion. That's where the ministry of preborn comes in, to meet these young moms where they're at. This young mom was given a free ultrasound that turned her baby's life into a reality. I was looking at the picture every day when they gave it to me. I would look at it every day and just looking at it, looking at it, and I was just like, I couldn't do it. Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country. Would you join with Preborn and American Family Radio to help save 2,500 babies this week? One ultrasound session costs $28, and $140 will sponsor five ultrasounds. Any gift will help. All gifts are tax deductible. Call now at 877-616-2396. That's 877-616-2396. Or visit AFR.net. Your love can save a life. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt, and I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed, and I looked at the numbers and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Back to Erin Lee Addison on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I want to remind you that we serve the true and living God. Amen. This this isn't just our association. You understand mm-hmm. like we are not just affiliated with one another because we're all conservatives around here and we <laughs> right. all like each other and we seem to say the right things and the same things. No, we have familial ties. Mm. We are in the family of God. God has created this family in his son. Amen. I don't know if people understand how important that is. If, if you ever get familiar with that, like if that ever, you know, gets to the place where you're like, yeah, 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 family <laughs> of God. Oh, man, go to your knees. Mm. Go to your knees. We're not crazy conservatives. Please don't get lost in all that's happening right now in right. the world. Right. We're not just looking for the next political bit to comment on. Right. We have something that is deeper and more eternal that unites us, mm. that motivates us, and that equips us to engage in this battle that we're in. Mm. It is the fact that we have been purchased 
by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that made somebody really uncomfortable. They're like, man, I kind of like them. But when they get into all of that, I don't know. Mm, too much. <laughs> this, I pray that the spirit of God will draw your heart to. Amen. I mean, look, we are engaging in a very wicked time. We have to understand that we no longer live in Mayberry. Right? That's right. So when people agree with <laughs> us politically, we can't stop there. Mm. We've got to take them further. Yeah. We've got to draw them deeper. That's you if we want true, true change and true, you know, truly to see what we say we want to see. Yeah. It's going to go beyond, you know, all the other stuff. It, it has to go to the heart of the gospel and, and, and being in the family of God and, and promoting God, you know. Look, if you celebrate people leaving the Democrat Party and becoming Republicans more than you celebrate people crossing over from death to life. Right. That's a problem. Man, I'm embarrassed by you. I'm embarrassed by you. I'll say this real quick, and then we're going to go to our guest, Elizabeth Parker. Let me just All say right. this real quick. I was listening to, um, this was maybe about two years ago. I was listening to Dennis Prager do a live presentation, and Dennis Prager said something that it, I didn't expect to have such a deep reaction to it. But Dennis Prager talked about his conservative Christian friends mm. who said that they, you know, it's good that he's not a Christian because, you know, what he says carries more weight. Mm -hmm. I remember that. You know, and so it's like, no, 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 you know, get me wrong. It'd be great. But, you know, it's okay because it's mm -hmm. what you say. And he thought that was funny. He thought that Dennis Prager thought that was funny. And I was sitting there and I'm going, do you know how hateful that is? <laughs> Do you know how hateful it is to be like it's, it's better that you're not a Christian so that Man. you can say what you say that politically? Is, yeah. And No, because eternity hangs in the balance. That's right. So I don't care if you never made ever again another PragerU video. Mm -hmm. If you come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. then you're winning. Amen. Guys, That's let's right. recalibrate here. Yeah. Let's reset. What is it that why are we here? Yeah. Why are we here? That's right. Speaking of why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Parker joins us. She is the uh, Minorities Outreach Coordinator and the Appalachian Region uh, Coordinator for Students for Life. And last year, they made some incredible strides in uh, advancing the pro-life cause into the minority community, particularly at the collegiate level. Yeah. And so I want to talk to her a little bit about that. I also want to talk a little bit about what we see coming from Planned Parenthood, why Christians should not take their foot off the gas, why mm. we've got to continue fighting to defend and protect life in the United States of America. Elizabeth Parker, how are you? I am good and always loving being with you and Will. <laughs> oh, man, you look, you're, we appreciate you. We are, we are so encouraged by the work that you're doing. Yeah. Oh, praise God. Why don't you I just listen to you, Mickey, for a second. I'm just like, go, Mickey, go, get him, Mickey. <laughs> well, you know, just it comes in waves, Elizabeth. You know how it is, right? It comes <laughs> it comes in waves. Suddenly I find Amen. myself struck and then, you know, and then I, you know, kind of step down off the, the apple cart. <laughs> Why don't you catch us up with what's going on with Students for Life? Uh, where are you guys looking back a year? Last year, incredible news coming from Students for Life in that you guys pioneered the first pro-life student-led group at a historically black college university, uh, Mississippi Valley State University. Yes. What's going Praise on since God. then? Yeah. Yes. So um, we, of course, are still moving ahead with our initiative to get on HBCU campuses. Um, Mississippi Valley State, as you just said, it was the very first one. 
And just to kind of give you some history, um, Students Life of America is a, a pro-life, you know, nonprofit organization that has, you know, technically been around for the past 30 years, but really got a facelift in 2012 when um, our president, our now president, Kristen Hawkins, took over and just kind of brought Students for Life into this just new era of the pro-life movement. Mm. But for all those years, um, they were not able to get on an HBCU campus where they really need to be. And for whatever reason, it was just the door was not open. And, you know, um, it's a very different world. Not trying to take from the TV show title, but it's a very (laughs) different world of Mm -hmm. HBCU campuses, historical black colleges and universities. And um, I recently, um, I'm going on with my second year at Students Life of America, and um, It was about last year, yeah, um, in December, where before they broke for the um, what is it, the Christmas break, God opened the door for me to be able to go in and speak to one of their Bible study groups, um, the Wesley Foundation Mm -hmm. Bible study group, Mm -hmm. and uh, I was able to speak to them. And that particular night, God just really moved on their heart. And we can go into more detail, you know, as we proceed, but once, you know, God finished what he was doing. Yeah. And when I asked who wants to start that uh, group, every hand in the room raised. And that's when the first one was born. I mean, that's just amazing. So help me understand this, Elizabeth. And and, and the answer to this may be simple. It may be profound. I, I don't know. But what makes the HBCU campus, I didn't go to an HBCU for college. So what makes that <laughs> campus environment different, um, maybe hostile or resistant to the pro-life message as, as far as you observe it? That's, that's a great question, Nikki. Um, so the HBCU campus is, is not like a non-HBCU campus. So when I go to my students who attend, whether it be private or other uh, public universities mm-hmm. and colleges, normally they have some type of foundation in the pro-life movement. They know mm-hmm. what the term pro-life means. They know the term uh, pro-choice, pro-life. They've mm-hmm. taken a stance, and of course, if they're in our pro-life group, they're pro-life. Mm-hmm. But they have a background and a foundation in it um, to where we build off of that. What I discovered when going to Mississippi Valley State and also now you know, going to other HBCUs is there is no foundation when it comes to the pro-life movement. Mm. It's literally building from the ground up. And instead of bringing reiteration, I have to bring revelation. Mm. And so with that being said, um, the beauty in that is when you bring the light, oh, they listen Mm. and they are ready to take it on because the Mississippi Valley State Mm. students had no idea because unfortunately abortion culture is normal on our HBCU campuses. Mm. What I'm finding so far And so what I'm also seeing, which is very tragic, is it's either an accepted truth that, oh, the Planned Parenthood up the street, like, there's nothing wrong with that. They help our community. Mm. Or the other truth is, well, I mean, abortion is a generational thing. You know, uh, auntie had one. My cousin Mm. had one. My sister had one. Mm -hmm. You know, and so with that, like, that is the major difference that I'm finding, that it is building from the ground up and also discipling from the ground up. Wow. Elizabeth, I was going to ask you, kind of related to what you were just saying, do you find that most of the resistance are from the students or from the administration of, of the schools? 
Um, uh, and it seems it seems like you're saying that the students are very receptive. Yes, for the most part, students are very receptive. So it just depends on the school, actually. Okay. So we recently um, started a pro-life group. Now, this is a non-HBCU school. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of my Tennessee schools, Motlow. It's actually a community college. It's very rare that we get to start a pro-life group on a community college campus. Mm. So, of course, when we found a leader on the campus, I, I went and I found a leader who was like, hey, I want to do this. So it's like, hey, let's go. So we began the process. And um, you would think, because it, of course, is a state school, you'd have no resistance. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, we did hit some resistance. But the beautiful thing about it is, that is why uh, Students for Life, I believe, not just because I work for them, but I know it's so important because pretty much 90% of the students we work with don't understand what their rights are. Mm. And so when we come alongside them and we help them start these groups and we mentor slash disciple them and train them, we help kind of back them, not kind of, we help back them up when they actually get into situations where the administration comes against them. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I'm not going to play the blame game, but they were being held up from getting started. And so our first goal is to always, you know, open a dialogue and to never assume the worst. We don't want to jump to legality issues, but we're ready to go there if we have to. So uh, long story short, with this particular situation, he was being jammed up. One thing we tell our students to do is make friends with other clubs. And as you're starting this club, you find out how long did it take for them to start their club. And normally there's a consistent pattern. Well, for our president of our pro-life club at Montlow, um, turns out that he, his was taking much longer compared to all the other uh, groups. Mm -hmm. So we did end up having to go back and forth a little bit with the administration, but all in all, once they kind of see that, oh, they have the support, Mm -hmm. they they know they're right, they they kind of back down then. Mm -hmm. So very rare do we have to get extremely legal. Elizabeth, one of the things that I noticed um, in the national debate, but I, I would imagine that this is true at the collegiate level as well, is that semantics plays a huge part in how we are able to address these issues. So, for example, now with people using the term justice when they refer to abortion, so now they're saying things like reproductive justice. I would imagine, <laughs> man, it's that's ridiculous. It's ludicrous, right? Like, it, it is Very insane. It, it, it is, I mean, okay. It is an oxymoron. It is an oxymoron. That's, that's exactly right. But I think one of the issues that we have when we talk about being pro-life within the black American context is that if you attach justice to anything, eight times out of 10, you can get black people to align with it. And I, and I, and you know, I'm not trying to be mean spirited or hateful, but these are the types of things that I look at and I go reproductive justice. So now you're saying that black women are oppressed because they are not allowed to disproportionately more than white women (laughs) murder their babies. How do you approach that when you're on an HBCU campus or when you're talking with uh, black students, maybe who are not yet pro-life? So it's so true what you just said, right? So when it comes to that term justice, literally, I mean, it's used as a marketing tactic. Right. And so for the black community, you know, that, 
I'm not saying it originated, but where it kind of became popular was when um, the whole no justice, no peace type of, I guess, slogan right. came out. So now that has become an urban term. So with dealing with that, like with my, my HBCU students and even my, my non-HBCU, but still minority students on other campuses, it's literally just peeling back and dispelling the lies and replacing it with truth. Mm -hmm. And a a lot of times, you know, and especially on non-HBCU campuses, when you come up against uh, pro-choice students, we always um, try to engage the person first because we don't just want them to feel like we're there to argue because that is not our purpose. We want to win the person. But one thing that we do see is sometimes you can bring truth backed up with the actual scientific facts Mm -hmm. that the United States uses And yet they still choose to be blind. Mm. They literally still choose to believe a lie. Mm -hmm. And so with that, you know, it's a thing of, um, my dad likes to say all the time, y'all know, uh, Pastor Joseph Parker, Mm -hmm. it's spiritual warfare. That's right. It is spiritual warfare. Mm. So, you know, I wonder this, I wonder if giving black students on HBCU campuses, I wonder if giving them access to factual history of organizations like Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood, um, if, if that changes their understanding of how terminology is, uh, let's say it gently, inaccurate. I mean, we, <laughs> we could frankly call yeah. it lies, but let's be, you know. That's so, what it is. And that's the time I call it. I call it what it is. It's a lie. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And, and that's what happened the night that the um, pro-life group on NDSU, Mississippi Valley State campus, Started. Like, that is exactly what happened. I literally took them um, down through history, and I started, you know, with slavery and worked through, you know, the Jim Crow era mm-hmm. and then brought it to Margaret Sanger. Mm-hmm. And they started to connect the spiritual dot, you know, the, the spiritual dots to what was happening spiritual warfare-wise, but then also in reality down through history. Yeah. And once they saw that... I really do believe that's what the Holy Spirit used to awaken them and all of them raised their hands. So let's wow. do this. Man, wow. glory to God. It's so it's good. Awesome. Look, all people need to understand what's at stake, but especially in the black American context, yes. I think it needs to be clearly understood not only the history of Planned Parenthood, but how they continue to harken back to their goals and mm-hmm. objectives even today, overwhelmingly, like I would say overwhelming minority communities with their presence pressuring minority women into um, being sterilized or not having children, all of these things that go into it. we got to keep talking about it. Elizabeth, we have run out of time. I do want to let our listeners know that we've got a Marriage Family Life Conference coming up, and I think you're going to be with us speaking, right? Yes, I will be. I'm looking forward to it. As are we. All right, we got to grab the break. Erin the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. What does it take to live an uncommon life? Here's former Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy with today's Uncommon Moment. Faith is a big component in a football team's game plan. When running an offense, a quarterback has to throw the ball to a spot before the receiver has gotten there. The quarterback has to trust that the receiver will run his route correctly, and the receiver has to trust that the ball will arrive in the right place at the right time. That's how life works, too. We have to trust that the assignment God has given us is the right one. We need to know that the people and circumstances around us are running a pattern that will work out for good. 
That's what it means to live by faith, not by sight. New York Times bestselling author, Tony Dungy. More at CoachDungy.com. That's CoachDungy.com. Hey, Target. Target. You thought we were done? Did you think we would give up? Well, of course not. We still stand strong with our belief that men do not belong in the women's restrooms or changing areas. It's absurd. We should not have to walk in your restrooms with the fear of someone of the opposite sex walking in on us. Together, we will stop this open door policy. Help us by signing the pledge to boycott Target at AFA.net. Today's culture is opting for entertainment rather than biblical enlightenment. For those who resist that trend, Friends of Israel shows listeners why loving the Jewish people and supporting Israel is important to the Christian faith. Friends of Israel shares biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah and promotes solidarity with the Jewish people. This is Chris Katolka of the Friends of Israel Today radio program heard each weekend on this station, and here's what's happening in Israel. Friends of Israel, Saturday afternoon at 2, here on American Family Radio. Here is some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. And it's worked beautifully for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. And over the years, members have shared over $3 billion of each other's medical bills. So they could help share your needs too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. You're not stuck with a high-cost health plan. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. Here's the number to find out more, and there's no pressure. They are super easy to talk to. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. in a real way. We talk about it in a very legislative way, but not in a real way. So I think a lot of women have a lot of apprehension surrounding it. You know, we talk about it so negatively that you feel like you should have this sense of shame after you get an abortion. Well, you can feel any way you want after you get an abortion. Get one! See how you feel! <laughs> you know how my abortion made me feel? Very powerful. You know how people say you can't play God? I walked out of there being like, move over, Morgan Freeman. I am God. And then I crossed the street very carefully. That's Michelle Wolf. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, when we, well, this is Aaron the Addison's <sighs> on American Family Radio. Yes. Sometimes I think when we tell you about these things or we mention these things, it's like, that's so unbelievable. But I think hearing a person express what we've said, this is what she said, mm. then it, there, there's no room for doubt. There's no room for, is that your interpretation of right. what she said? No, right. that's what she said. Right. 
Knowing where we live will determine how we live. This is the climate and the culture of our country. I want people to understand that because we're, we're not talking about, you know, us being victims of liberalism. We're talking about really us allowing it to run rampant. That's right. And so now, now what we've got to do is we've got to face the facts that this is the country that we live in. We're listening. And here's something that's really interesting. So, so that's Michelle Wolf saying that, you know, you don't have to feel shame when you get an abortion. I, I, want, I want us to understand this. That's Michelle Wolf saying you don't have to feel guilty when you, when you get an abortion. In other words, let me, let me say it this way, because I was talking to the big three, talking to the kids yesterday, mm-hmm. and um, we were talking about abortion, and we are talking about life, and um, Gabby said something. And I, it's interesting for me always to hear our kids espouse pro-life views mm. without us giving them those views. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So it's really interesting to hear kids logically respond without being prompted, right? Right. So Gabby said, as we were talking yesterday, and I mentioned to her about our brother who said maybe we should call it assassination because here was what Gabby said. Gabby said, maybe we should stop calling it abortion and just call it murder. She's 11. Mm-hmm. She said, maybe if you call it murder, it wouldn't allow people to feel like it's something different than that. <laughs> And I thought, wow, Gabby, that's that (laughs) that is the argument that pro-lifers make. That is the argument that we make in the culture today. It's just true. But here you have Michelle Wolf, who is advocating and celebrating and making light of murdering babies in this country, going as far as to say, get an abortion and see how you feel. You know, you don't need it there. You don't need to feel bad about that. Get one. Just see how you feel. We played the other clip where she's like, hey, look, it's just $300. It's just to murder a baby. Don't worry. It's, it's a good investment. Hey. I want people to understand this is where we live. This is our home, right? So we've got to understand this clearly so that we engage properly. Yeah. Now, we mentioned Michelle uh, Williams from the Oscars. No, the Golden Globes. We, we mentioned yeah. Michelle Williams from the Golden Globes who talked about being glad that she lives in a time where she gets to have her choices and and all of these things, you know. And, you know, well, anyways, we played that clip for you. are not going to play it again today. You can go through the archives of the show. If you want to hear it, you can hear it. But there was a woman, and I was unfamiliar with her before this story. Her name is Leah Darrow, Mm -hmm. Leah Darrow. And she's a former contestant on the reality TV show America's Next Top Model. And Leah Darrow on Tuesday, made an Instagram video. And in the Instagram video, Leah Darrow praised pregnancy and motherhood as she was there preparing to deliver her fifth child. (laughs) I want you to listen to this video clip. Hello, my friends. We are in the early stages of labor. Definitely asking for your prayers. This obviously is not what I planned on doing or saying, but it was on my heart, so I'm going to say it, especially in light of what Michelle Williams said at the Golden Globes. Um, I'm here getting ready to deliver my fifth baby, and I want to let all you women know, all you young ladies who haven't had babies or maybe listening to what the culture says about birth and women and babies and choice, babies don't keep us from our dreams. 
I'm getting ready to deliver some a baby that will not keep me from my professional growth, but will make me better because of it. And I'm so honored and excited, and I can't wait to have this baby. And um, there needs to be more speeches out there like that. So that's... <laughs> yes. I agree. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on your applause, no. Ms. Darrow. I agree, Will the Great. Excellent. This is how we combat in 21st century America. Mm-hmm. This is how we... So do you see the, the, the retaliation has got to be like the attack, right? Yeah. So the attack does not stop at, you know, the personal campaigns and all this stuff, but it's in media, it's in social media, it is in entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. So people who are moving in these spaces, right, need to be responding the same way if, in fact, they care, genuinely yeah. care about these, yeah. these issues. I'm glad she did that. And you can hear the machine in the back with the heartbeat. The heartbeat, you can hear I'm the like, monitors. Man, yes. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like Beautiful. Yeah. By the way, I posted this video on my Facebook page. Um, Facebook is not allowing it to be shared. I tested it myself. Someone alerted me and said, hey, I've tried to share this three times, and Facebook's not allowing for it to be shared. I'm not surprised. But I tried it myself. (laughs) I thought, well, let me try to share it. And sure enough, oops, something went wrong. You can't share this at the Mm. moment. Mm. Don't worry about it. We're going to put a link to this video and this story in the archives, and Mm -hmm. maybe you can share it from there. But I think people need to see it. Can I tell you something else? So you know how when you, and I'm not active on Instagram, so if you know this already, forgive me because I didn't know this, right? So when you do Instagram, you can put your your long commentary under the videos and the pictures and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I just want to take a moment, and let me open the phone lines up. You can respond to anything that we've said today, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. And while your calls get queued up, Let me read to you what Leah Darrow put under this Instagram video. And I want you to listen to this very carefully because you thought that the video said it all. Well, her comments on the video say even more. Listen to this. This is what she wrote. Well, this for sure wasn't planned, but I felt called to share. So here's the truth. New life never keeps us from our dreams. One of the cruelest lies that the devil tells women is that we aren't brave or strong enough to do what God invites us into when we bring life into the world. New life is always a gift. And I'm humbled that I get to receive this new life and live out the abundant life that the Lord created for me. Please share this message with the ladies in your life because women deserve a better narrative than what the culture gives us. We deserve to believe that life really can be this good and that receiving new life is always always, always pure gift. I'm lifting you up through this labor. <laughs> Please pray for me. <laughs> wow. Can't wait to have this baby. Wow. And then she goes on with a bunch of hashtags. But let me tell you something. This is what we need. This is what we need. We need women who, when you find out that you're pregnant with baby number four and baby number five and baby number six, that you as a Christian woman, because this happens in Christian circles, mm-hmm. we need women who say, guess what? We're having baby number five. Mm. And you know what we don't need? We don't need Christians who say, really? Mm. We need to be just as excited as when they have the first baby Come on. or the second baby. <laughs> because these things all tell about our sentiment Come toward on. children in this country. Yeah, you're right. And guys, I hate to tell you, we don't realize that we are making bold statements that actually cancel our activism. Mm-hmm. 
When you have families that come into your church, if they have more than two children, are you aggravated? Mm. Do you want a silent church? Mm. Do you want a ch- <laughs> Anyways, all right. <laughs> Let's go to the phone lines, 888-589-8840. Kudos to this former Next Top Model contestant who uh, brought us into the, the hospital where she was getting ready to deliver Man, baby number five. That's awesome. I commend her. That's awesome. Where do we go first, Will the Great? Let's go to Mark in Virginia. Hi, Mark. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Good. Um, I love what your daughter said, and thank you for hearing me out here. love what your daughter said about calling it what it is, murder. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever mentioned this on your program. There are several resources on YouTube regarding this. Um, you have Ray Comfort, Living Waters, 180 movie. Mm-hmm. It's great comparing it to the Holocaust. And then there's another group out there called endabortionnow.com, and they put out a resource called Babies Are Murdered Here. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I've yep. seen. And mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it, and then uh, it's also available on Prime Video, Babies Are Still Murdered Here. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen that second one, it really talks about what the pro-life movement does to stop abolitionist bills when it comes to abortion. It's something people, all Christians should see. Mm. Now, I haven't seen the second one, Mark, so thank wow. you so much thank for you, pointing Mark. that out. I will definitely yeah. check it out, and let me make sure to highlight that for our listeners again. Babies are still murdered here, and I think our brother just said that it's on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. so you should check that out. I will make it a point to check that out. That's the kind of stuff I'm interested in. All right, where do we go next, Will the Great? All right, let's go to Jay in Tennessee. Hi, Jay. Hey, Will, how are you? I'm doing good. Man, it's great to be on with you guys. I absolutely love you guys. God bless you. And uh, glad that you guys uh, have taken this hour over. Oh, well, thank thank you. you. God bless you. First, I got to ask a question. Will. Yes. Does Miki ever breathe? (laughs) Well, she has to because she would, you know, have expired by now. (laughs) Will, tell him that I'm quiet at home. (laughs) I'm not lying. Okay. (laughs) Oh, wow. um, So the previous caller just said exactly what I was going to say, especially okay. about the uh, the second uh, babies are still murdered here. Uh, you guys have to watch that. Okay. And you have to to see what actually is going on with uh, National Right to Life and um, how they're actually trying to stop the abolition of abortion. Wow. So <sighs> it is. It's amazing to see behind the scenes, hidden cameras, and everything like that to see wow. what actually is going on. So it's it's shocking, and uh, y'all need to see it, and everybody else needs to see it. Okay, I tell you Thank what, you that's so much, that's Jay. I'm I'm watching it tonight. Yeah, I'm, that, I queue up documentaries definitely. to watch at the gym. So I guarantee you, to our brothers who just called, I'm watching it tonight. Yeah, I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna move it ahead, man, and I'm gonna watch it tonight without me. All right, let's go to <laughs> Nadia in Illinois. Hi, Nadia. Hello, Addison. I am so, it is such an honor to be able to speak to you guys. Oh, Oh, my sister. God bless you. God bless you, too. Um, I wanted to um, just say a little something. I am a first-generation American. I come from the country of, uh, I'm sorry, the country of Romania. Mm -hmm. And I love my country to death, and I know God does, too. But um, these extreme leftists, are actually communist Americans, and I, I don't know if I have any scars from communism or not, but it was in my country, and it destroyed the place. Mm. My country still suffers from it today, and I don't want to see America 
come to that. And thank you so much for preaching the truth. God bless you, and may he be with you. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you so much. Look, those words of encouragement and wisdom and warning, we need to heed. We need to listen. We don't understand what we are inviting on our nation. Mm. Many of us don't understand what we're inviting on our nation. Where do we go next, Will the Great? Let's go to Kim in North Carolina. Hi, Kim. Hey there. What an honor to sow a seed with airing the Addisons. Uh I want to piggyback on what your daughter said, that the uh, murder is murder. You don't have to call it something else. And if it's only $300... Isn't it more of a hit? Aren't you taking mm. out a contract? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Kim. Yeah, you're right about that. Come on, Kim. Thank you so much. I appreciate your perspective. Thank you for that. I mean, that will go back to what our brother is saying. You, you assassinate people. There's money attached to that. Let's squeeze in one more call. Where do we go next? Okay, I want to say is Daria, uh, Daria in uh, Virginia. Hi, this Hi. is Daria. Well done Daria. on my name. That's a hard name. Okay. <laughs> God bless you. I'm Miki, so yeah. it's okay. I understand. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, I just want to tell you guys, my son and I, our son, uh, we homeschool like y'all. sounds like you guys homeschool. We do. I, I kind yeah. of picked that up. But anyway, we, we homeschool. And um, so picking him up from one of the co-op classes he takes, we get to listen to you all on the way home. Mm-hmm. And it's just been so fun to hear you. And, and we've just been like, we've had to leave our church because of some of the what is it called? Liberation theology. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That you've mm-hmm. talked about. Yes. And um, you just, Mickey, you just nailed it. I was, I, I think I had the same reaction. You have like, come on. <laughs> like, come on. I've been driving on. I'm like, preach it. <laughs> no one is saying it. Just no one says it. You know, yeah. and, and I think for being so loving and accepting and um, it, it, should, it just hurts your heart. That's you, right. You to, to see what's happening, the deception. So to hear you say the truth. And then just talking about the abortion as well. These are all things that we've accepted and, and we've been reading lately in the Bible. And um, just the idea that the fear of the Lord, I think we've, I think a lot of that has been lost. There's mm. not the fear of the Lord. If you have the fear of the Lord, you know what happens in eternity. Yeah. You see oh. yourself, you know that you're eternal. Your soul is eternal. What happens here is temporal. You, who you are goes on forever. Where are you going to end up? They don't talk about that in church anymore. Hell is too judgmental. Come on. No, she's absolutely right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got to right. I I could listen. We could keep going. Yeah, you know, I like it, go. right? But we got to take this break. Astute points. All right. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.